comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and as always this is Abe. What's up Aaron? What's up Abe? Hey we're in the same room together again. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's like only like the third or fourth time. Yeah two times in two months in the same room. That sounds weird. Oh, getting been sick of looking at you already. Two times in two months. Anyway, out now, <laughs> out now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results, and predictions. A callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode sixty nine. Sixty nine, dude. Two times in two months. There you go. The, <laughs> the uh, main film of the week is *The Bourne Legacy*, starring Jeremy Renner in the the new head role in the Bourne franchise, and uh, director Tony Gilroy has come up from. Just a writer to now writer-director, so we'll see how that turns out. But uh, in the meantime, we have two guests that are going to join us in our discussion of The Bourne Legacy, another fantastic movie banter, I'm sure. We have writer from the Racked Focus and co-founder of the Black Briar program, Maxwell Haddad. Well, hello there, everyone. It was you! <laughs> and we have... Guilty. <laughs> we have writer for the Thoughtful Slacker, the inspiration for Moby's Extreme Days, Jose Cordova. <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> hey, Jose. All right. I think we're all doing well here on a lovely early morning for us and a, I'm sure a nice and not humid or hot at all mid-afternoon for, for, for Maxwell. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, we, we actually have several announcements we got to do. So, um, let's see. Last week, we had our Total Recall episode, which featured, I think, the last time we'll pair Alan Aguilera and Jordan Grout together. Even though that episode probably sounded fine to everybody else, that was... A hilarious record that was frustrating for Abe to edit and for me to listen to. But during that podcast, we also had a Total Recall contest, and we had a few winners actually. We did indeed. We had well, first off, we had um, we had Graham win, and he's the one that actually won the uh, the prize. And he said uh, our contest was, of course, what's your favorite Philip K. Dick adaptation? And uh, Graham said Blade Runner because replicant on replicant violence just rocks, and the Decker revelation ruled. And, uh, yeah, so Graham won the Total Recall Blu-ray, but we also had another e- couple emails. One we had, uh, from, uh, Jonathan, I think he's emailed me before, and I probably mispronounced his name, too. Jonathan Kreitz? 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 I think it's Kreitz. Kreitz? Jonathan, email in with your proper phonetic pronunciation of your, of your <laughs> name. We'll be happy to read it for correctly on the show. But, uh, my favorite Phil K. Dick adaptation is the popular choice Blade Runner. First saw that in college, and the visuals have stuck with me ever since. It's a good email. Pretty cool. I'd, I'd say, for the record, I'd say I'd say Blade Runner too. Just that's although I really like a Scanner Darkly. Last one, our favorite loyal listener, Mike Blakemore, emailed us here. I'm just going to read this email straight because it's always awesome to get emails from Mike. This seemed like a strange contest, but my favorite dick in the movie. Here it goes. Honorable mention: Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen, just for size alone. Uh, winner would have to be Michael Fassbender from Shame. <clears throat> Obviously, Mike Blakemore just had a had a great take on our Philip K. Dick contest. <laughs> And um, oh, he also wanted to say that he enjoyed the Comic-Con episode. It was fun to hear about the different panels. And his favorite part of that was, wait for it, wait for it, no Abe. Loyal listener Mike Blakemore. Classic Mike Blakemore. Always insulting, Thanks, Mike. Always insulting our guests, our hosts. <laughs> we also uh, we had a few we had a few winners from our Step Up commentary contest. That's right. We had a commentary. We had a contest during our Step Up, our vastly popular Step Up commentary. And um, there was a secret word in that contest. We had a couple winners so far, so there's still space for one more winner by the by the time this comes out. If we haven't had a third email in, I think we had said three the first three people that email because we assume no one listens to our commentaries, but apparently lots of people do. So here you go. Uh, we have just good. Yeah, let's see. First one was from Dion Thompson. He was, he'll he'll get a prize. Um, 
Let's see, I know I'm late, but I've been listening to you guys for a while. The Step Up Show is hilarious, but tell Abe to stop skipping out on his work. <laughs> he's he's one half of the dream team. <laughs> Back to work, I'll be listening to the next show. So, thanks, Dion. Thanks, Dion. <laughs> and uh, another another was from uh, Matthew Marks, who just he emailed in with the correct answer. And he also noted that he listens to the commentaries, even though he's never seen any of the movies. That's just, that's awesome. For Which me. I thought was very cool, yeah. <laughs> so I wrote him back and I said, Matt. Thanks. Yeah, so I guess for people that listen to these commentaries about watching the movies, it works. It works for them. <laughs> or I guess people that Free have, stuff. Yeah, people that have avoided the commentaries because they think they need to watch the movie, I guess it doesn't matter. So, there you go. We've got the scientific proof right here. We do. With Matthew Marks. And we like doing the commentaries, so we'll be sure to have more of them. Especially when Scott Mendelson's around, because he just he keeps it nonstop with the talking. <laughs> All right, so let's see. We still have more announcements. We got a, we got a lot of announcements. Holy crap. Yeah, I know, because I have a Born Legacy contest. Oh, right. Yeah, I have all three previous Born movies on DVD, and I figure I'm not going to use those, so why not give them away in a contest for the show that we co-host? Are they on Blu-ray? I, no, they're on DVD. Oh. Um, but not everyone has a Blu-ray player, and maybe people like DVDs. This is true. Yeah, so for anyone that has not won a, con- a prize already on this show, you can email in at outmal podcast at gmail.com of your favorite spy movie and why you know simple a couple sentences or two of your favorite spy movie and if you know you email in first i'll send you a, one of the three born movies on dvd um, i think they're all good so i'm gonna send you whichever one i want <laughs> so, if i get like you know identity well we'll get we'll get, the, uh, <laughs> we'll get a good feel from your email about which one that you like best and probably from your name too well, i said yeah yeah <laughs> That's right. Like, for Richard instance, people would be like a you know a supremacy kind of thing. Yeah, and if Mike Blaybor emailed it, I he seems like an identity guy. Although he's, I think he's won something already, so I can't send him anything. Just you know, point that out. That's happening. Favorite spy movie and why? Out now. Podcast at gmail.com. Pretty simple contest, I think. First three winners. It's pretty cool. Yeah, gets it. Last thing: iTunes reviews and ratings. Always simple to get those. Helps out the show. Really quick to do on iTunes. You know, star rating and maybe a sentence if you want to. Everybody wins in that situation. So, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's get to know everybody. Where uh, each week we ask each other a few questions. Try to better set the tone for the podcast and better get to know everybody. So, I'm going to start this week with my first question. And it is for Jose. All right. Okay, Jose. Where are the chems? Where are they? Where are the chems? Where are they? <laughs> you got them? They are... In Abe's pocket. Oh, okay. So attack. Okay. <laughs> but you can't be sure because you can't read Jose's eyes to make sure he's not lying to you. <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Next question. Jose, you're up. Okay. Uh, Maxwell. Yeah. Who is your favorite uh, Jer- Jeremy Renner badass? Is it a uh, Jeremy Renner bomb diffuser? Jeremy Renner uh, criminal in the town or? Jeremy Renner, Secret Spy, and Mission Impossible. I, I'll have to go with Jeremy oh, Renner, Bomb Diffuser. I had the the criminal uh, Jeremy Renner action figure, but I lost it, so I'll have to stick <laughs> with Bomb Diffuser. It came with a removable tattoo. It did. <laughs> and various outfits. Nice. It came with a rear view to put your town in. This one will be for Abe. Mr. Abe, if you were to take any previous movie starring Matt Damon and remake it starring Jeremy Renner, which would it be? Uh, simple. It would be Courage Under Fire. It's a good movie. With like a with a quick cameo from Matt Damon, who's really skinny. He plays so. the Lou Diamond Phillips role. <laughs> That's a good choice. <laughs> I was just joking, but okay. <laughs> Titan A. Didn't you do the voice of the main lead? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the gems? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing he says. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. Yeah. Goodwill Runner. Well, no, yeah, I actually like Goodwill Hunting a lot. But, yeah, I don't know. That's something that Matt Damon was in that Jeremy Renner could easily replace. Yeah. Mystic Pizza. Mystic Pizza. Can I stick with that? It's his first movie. He has one line. <laughs> I guess that he moved up from Church on the Fire. Then. He's yeah. got, like, a few. All right. Eric. Yeah. What would your secret agent name be? Would it have numbers and... Or would it be a code name? Would it have numbers? Was it like an AOL screen name? 007. <laughs> <laughs> um, 009. Um, what's the other one? Let me think of a, of a sweet name. Because for some reason, the first thing that popped into mind was Wild Cherry. And I was like, what the hell? It's <laughs> a code name, right? <laughs> Agent Wild Cherry. We need Cherry. to take that Wild Cherry right now. Buy a Pepsi? <laughs> well, it'd probably just be the name I always use. Probably Zeke. Zeke. Yeah, probably the alias I've been using for, for years. For years, yeah. yeah. Okay, Maxwell. 
Uh, name two spies from two different franchises that you would like to see face off. All right. I'd like to see Ethan Hunt fight George Smiley. <laughs> oh, man. Would one just use, because like, okay, one go. would be like full of wits. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a battle of wits, yeah. not of fisticuffs. I don't know. Have you ever seen Gary Oldman rock climb? <laughs> <laughs> not act. for many years. <laughs> <laughs> not for many years. I like that combo, though. That's nice. I think it would be fun. It, unexpected yeah. delight. I'll, I'll see that in Mission Impossible 5, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Ghost Protocol. <laughs> I would watch that. Uh, all right. I guess I will ask this question to Jose. What is your favorite film Tony Gilroy has been involved with? I haven't seen a lot of his old stuff in a while, and I don't know if I remember them. Let me, let me hear. Let me go through some Tony Gilroy classics for you. <laughs> Starting with Armageddon, uh, co-screenwriter. Um, Extreme Measures. I'll start with only the good ones. Extreme Measures with Hugh Grant and Gene Hackman. Uh, Bait mm. with Jamie Foxx. Proof of Life <laughs> with... Uh, Meg Ryan and Russell Crowe, of course. The Cutting Edge, another classic, with D.B. Sweeney. And then there's, like, some really terrible movies like Michael... <laughs> he was in The well, Cutting Edge? He wrote The Cutting Edge. Oh, oh, okay. Then there's some terrible movies like Michael Clayton's Duplicity, State of Play, The Bourne Ultimatum, Supremacy and Identity, <laughs> the, Devil, the Devil's Advocate. Um, I think I have to go with... I remember enjoying Michael Clayton. I love Michael Clayton. movie. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. you wouldn't think that you'd watch like many times, but every time, like, I want to watch Michael Clayton right now. I love the monologue, too. <laughs> Tom Wilkinson's monologue? No, uh, the George <laughs> at the end where he's, like, getting super Oh, the way, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. At Tilda Swin. Yeah. Is it Tilda Swin? Yeah, it's yeah, Tilda Swin. It yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She won the Oscar for That's that. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, my question's for Abe. Okay. Since Jeremy Renner's business card apparently has, like, franchise continuer on there, what franchise <laughs> would you have him continue... In addition to all the ones he's done now. <laughs> Are there any left? The Land Before Time. <laughs> the voice of Sarah. He's <laughs> like Littlefoot's kid or something. <laughs> the, the Brave Little Toaster Goes to Iraq. Is that one? Is that, a... that would actually be, like, <laughs> he'd be uh, in that. pretty funny. He'd re- he could reprise his bomb diffuser character yeah. so everybody wins. Everyone would love that. <laughs> Good question. If you were to continue Home Alone. Home Alone? Hands down. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good. It's just like, they're all just trying to bust in and he's just killing them. <laughs> so, uh, you have one more question? Yeah. Um, I guess, Jose, right back at you. Uh, all right. If you came up with a secret agent project, what would you name it? So, for example, there's like Outcome, Identity, Black Bear. Treadstone. Treadstone. I would name it... Sugar cookie. Shit. Okay. Oh, <laughs> innocent, but deadly. Like, it's it's they're all slow kills. Sugar cookie. All right. Very long. Um, that's everybody, right? Cool. Well, let's. Uh, that's how you play. Know everybody. So let's move on to movie trailer talk. Where we talk about some of the latest movie trailers, and uh, we got a couple this week. Uh, let's start with the uh, the uh, well, the first one that I'm going to talk about. Let's start with <laughs> let's, start, let's start with Jack. Wow. <laughs> what a concept, right? Let's start with Jack Reacher. Uh, this is the new Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise film, um, based on a novel. Uh, yeah, based on a novel. It's about a the guy named Jack Reacher, and I'm just gonna read the IMDb description. A homicide investigator digs deeper into a case involving a trained military sniper who shot five random victims, based on a book in Lee Child's crime series. And what it looks like, well, you have Tom Cruise as like playing a badass. It basically looks like the in big, flannel. In flannel, it looks like the big like Hollywood remake of Drive. That's what that's what the impression that I got of it. But um, what do you guys think, uh, Jose? What do you think of the trailer? It's funny that you mentioned Drive because I totally got that vibe too. Which uh, I've heard that there's not really much like driving is it doesn't play a big point in the books. So I don't know where that's coming from. But um, I don't know. It didn't leave me particularly excited. I feel like I've seen Tom Cruise be a badass so many times. I mean, I'll probably end up watching it, just especially if there's nothing else out good that weekend. If it comes out, like, the Christmas weekend, like, everything happens. (laughs) Well, then I probably, I may not end up seeing that, to be honest. I don't know. I I wasn't particularly struck by it. Maxwell? Uh, I actually like the books. They're, you know, guilty pleasures. Um, Because I'm not familiar with the books. What kind of books? You know, they're like, uh, you know, the type of like airport paperbacks that you see. There's a series. He's like a, used to be in the army and now he's a drifter and gets himself involved in different scenarios. He's like a do-gooder 
But in the books, the guy is like six foot two, two hundred fifty pounds of pure muscle, oh. which is not oh, so Tom, he's, he's, not Tom Cruise. He's two foot shorter and hundred pounds lighter. I guess. <laughs> I, when I when I read the books, I always pictured The Rock. But regardless of that, I think the trailer's pretty generic. Nothing about it I thought was all that exciting. I'll see the movie, um, but the trailer's kind of like, eh, yeah, all right. Hey. Yeah, it seems very Hollywoody, um, and I'm not really too excited for it either. It's mostly because. I really liked Drive a lot. It was like my number two film of, of 2011. Uh, so it's not really anything that's going to be uh, too different. Or maybe it is going to be completely different and all right, but I'm not. It was just kind of like a teaser. So I mean, you can't, I can't hold too much against it. But the one thing it has is it's written and directed by Christopher McQuarrie. And Christopher McQuarrie wrote and directed The Way of the Gun. And I love The Way of the Gun. He also wrote, you know, Usual Suspects. And I think a few people like that movie as well. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I like McQuarrie's work in general. And he hasn't... He, what, one thing about him I know is that he does, like, a ton of rewrites on scripts. Like, he is, like, always being called into... Yeah, he's constantly being called into like, just, like, give another pass at, like, a lot of the big, like, Hollywood movie scripts that come out. But uh, I, I like McQuarrie in general. And he, he doesn't do, like, a lot on his own. So I... I'm curious. To, I'm 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 more curious to see, and I'm look. I'm I'm on a wait and see in terms of like when a more full trailer comes out. I'll be like, all right, maybe I will go see this. Definitely for sure. That's interesting because when they did like the full trailer for, or I guess a more a more in scope trailer for Total Recall, I was like, you know what? It actually looks aight. And then I saw Total Recall, and I was like, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I could argue that for a lot of like. <laughs> I was a that goes either way. That's true. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Jack Reacher uh, comes out December 21st, 2012, and so, uh, yeah, we're kind of disinterested disinterested to wait and see on this one. <laughs> so the next movie we're going to talk about is the new film from uh, from Catherine Bigelow, who previously did The Hurt Locker, of course, which starred Jeremy Renner, and um, this movie's called Zero Dark Thirty, and it is basically a kind of fictionalized take on the true story of how Bin Laden was taken down. Um it's uh, you know it's fall it, I guess <laughs> the teaser is very teasy for sure, but the uh, the basic premise seems to revolve around the Navy SEAL team that took down Bin Laden last year in 2011, and it um it's coming from writer uh, Mark Bull also who won an Oscar for The Hurt Locker, not sure why that's my weird argument there in a year that had Inglorious Bastards nominated as well, but they wanted the sweep they wanted the sweep and so <laughs> yeah so basically Bigelow and Bull are reteaming. And uh, yeah, we got this, which has a lot of random people in it too, as well. But uh, what, um, it's a very small teaser trailer. But uh, Maxwell, what'd you think of it? Uh, I'm looking forward to the movie, but I thought the trailer was pretty bad, actually. It's just like random images and people yelling about Bin Laden. I don't know. I mean, the the prestige behind the creative team is strong, but I'm almost more interested in seeing the reactions to the movie than the movie itself, because I think it's going to bring out a lot of the uh, the conspiracy theorists and crazies uh, when the movie releases. So that should be fun to, to monitor. But, yeah, I'll see it. Bigelow's badass. Is it? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I've been looking forward to seeing anything from this movie, and um, the the trailer's interesting. It's I, I, Are we supposed to... Those are supposed to be, like, uh, satellite imagery, right? Uh, yeah, correct. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so I don't really... I mean... It wasn't a particularly interesting teaser, but uh, then again, that, that's all it is at this point. I'm kind of just holding out for something a little, little more substantial, I guess, in the form of a trailer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm excited for the movie regardless, just uh, based on everyone who's involved. Abe, uh, I think that it's uh, like production-wise, I think it was actually pretty cool yeah, how everything's like been redacted and then it becomes unredacted, um, but. The trailer in itself, yeah, it is really cheesy. It's kind of weird. And then there's, like, a lot of cameos of all the actors that are in it. Well, minus the, the SEAL Team 6 guys. You just hear their voices. It did have friend of the show, Kyle Chandler. I know, I saw that, yeah. And I was actually really happy I tweeted about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the uh, the last image was pretty cool where they have the compound highlighted and then the two helicopters come in. Um, but I'm excited to see the movie. Uh, I'm going to try and keep my my, uh, you know, historical perspective off of it because it's a movie. How can they get everything? I'm pretty sure to... Catherine Bigelow has a dial into the White House. I think she knows what happens. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think it's going to be pretty, I guess, accurate. But, you know, it's still a movie. So there, there's going to be all these elements there that I'm pretty sure did not happen as well. I just hope that Call of Duty Black Ops has a similar mission so I can just live the experience myself as well. That's all I'm, that's all I'm asking for. 
But um, yeah, the one that's gonna be shouting. Where's Bin Laden? Where are the cams? <laughs> Where are the cams and Bin Laden? Where's your trigger man? <laughs> Where is he? Um, okay, so Zero Dark Thirty comes out December nineteenth, two thousand twelve. That's December that time is very crowded right okay. now. I expect one of these movies to move. Thanksgiving. Didn't they move uh, Great Gatsby? They moved Great Gatsby, yeah. Because it's so crowded then. But I mean, like, Ledmurth and Ledmurth comes out. Django and Jane comes out. This movie comes out. Yeah. Jack Reacher comes out. Not to mention, like, the movies that are coming out, like, the week three before, weeks before and, yeah. and stuff like that, too. Which is just, it's going to be crazy. Alvin and Chipmunks, Four Nuts Squished, or whatever it's called, probably comes <laughs> out. I don't know. Yeah, so. There's plenty, there's plenty of things happening. Four nuts squished. That's what's called. That's, that's the best I can do. Yeah, maybe like stuff that's coming out in November is like Wreck It Ralph. Oh, November looks awesome. Yeah, and then Skyfall comes out. Skyfall. Yeah. So Lincoln. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. Twilight. Like Twilight movies Breaking Dawn. So that's that's, gonna, when, that's yeah. when we'll do our Twilight. I'm we'll do, very we'll do our We'll do our Twilight commentary. Right. We'll, do, <laughs> we'll watch all four movies simultaneously, just like we did Step Up. You gotta get Mendelssohn for that one because he has the most interesting like. I don't know. Take on the Twilight movies. I love yeah. it. He, he likes those movies. He does. He doesn't hate those movies. Yeah, he put it that way. Him. And it would well. certainly help with his listenership listening to us. <laughs> Did I mention that I love Twilight? I, and Scott Mendelson. And and uh, Kristen Stewart. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. If, oh, K Stew. He's on the market now. Oh my god. She is the master. No, no. We love Robert Pattinson. Well. Oh, by our pats. Um. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Redacted. I uh, I hate Taylor Lautner though. I'm just saying. <laughs> Like all, all, all the goodwill just went to waste. Come on, no, we 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 chose a side, Abe. Out now, podcast is team J is team Edwards. <laughs> Tweet that, <laughs> yo. <laughs> Spoilers. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's, let's move on to something significant, like our our movie review of the Born Legacy. What's your name? Can't get some. <laughs> Will you give yourself to this program? Yes, sir. There is nothing that you wouldn't do for this country. You have the strength to do what's necessary. How is he? He's cramped. Oh, that has healed well. What do you think that we do out there, Doc? Jason Bourne was the tip of the iceberg. It's Aaron Cross. We have never seen evaluations like this. He's treadstone without the inconsistency. I've never met anybody in the program. So how many of us are there? You asked too many questions. Jason Bourne is in Manhattan. Confirmed. What? That's all I have. Gotta go. People, listen up. This is a national security emergency. The FBI is investigating links between Treadstone and this man, Jason Bourne. I go down for this, Mark. You were given a Ferrari, and your people treated it like a lawnmower. You're asking me to wipe the most valuable assets we've ever put in the field. You start to consider the magnitude of what we're facing if this moves sideways on us. Meaning what? Meaning we will burn the program to the ground. I want to live. You think that Jason Bourne was the whole story? There's a lot more going on here. You've had alterations to two different chromosomes. It's the most exciting development in the history of the science. Well, I'm not just a science project. Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for the Bourne Legacy. Uh, let's, uh, let's, oh man, I gotta do one of these recaps now. Okay, so the Bourne Legacy picks up somewhat concurrently with the Bourne Ultimatum. Um, it it kind of it's tracking what what Jason Bourne's doing, but at the same time we're following the exploits of another agent named Aaron Cross, who's in a similar program called Outcome, which is Bourne without the inconsistency. Of course, it's another kind of of course, of course, it's yeah. another super soldiery type thing. And Aaron Cross is, of course, he's one of the one of the agents in this program. But because of the mess, the the dirty mess that Jason Bourne's leaving behind, uh, Ed Norton who plays one of, like, a CIA operative guy, he and his team are basically shutting down all the programs, which means eliminating all the assets involved in the various other programs that have any connection to Treadstone or Blackbriar. So that means killing all the various assassins they have lying around, as well as the scientists that were involved in creating the program. One of these scientists is Rachel Vise, 
who um, has worked with Aaron Cross's before, and uh, the two of them eventually team up and <laughs> try to get Aaron Cross's fix, his medication that he's been using to uh, be the super soldier that he is. And, of course, chasing and action hijinks ensue, and we learn what Jason Bourne has left behind with his legacy. So, with all that said, let's start off with Maxwell. What did you think of the Bourne legacy? Uh, I was not a fan of the film. Uh, I thought Tony Gilroy would be able to pull it off, but I don't think he did. Um, I liked the beginning and the way he tried to tie it in and make it feel like a true sequel and not just something that was using the Bourne name to make money, but I actually thought it was really kind of thinly constructed and lacking in anything sort of tying it together. And I thought the, you know, the motivation behind Aaron Cross, who's Jeremy Renner's character and taking over the lead was, I don't know, really silly and stupid and kind of hysterical. Um, the action scenes were, were fine, nothing too exciting, but it went on for a long time and then it just kind of ended. So, yeah, I, I did not care for it. Jose? Uh, I thought the movie was okay. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than Maxwell did. Um, I'm with you on the fact that, um, you know, his motivations for, for the, what was going on for, you know, his journey kind of are really silly almost in a way. And, uh, you know, the part that I, the parts that I liked was, like you said, the action was pretty good. Um, I think Tony Gilroy does a pretty good job of, uh, managing tension really well. There's a lot of moments where I'm just like wondering what's going to happen or, you know, what, what's going to happen next. Um, that are pretty fun, and um, the cast is has, is having fun. Ed Norton's being like the biggest dick in the world in this movie, <laughs> and uh, um, but uh, yeah, like I, I don't know. The movie kind of like all this stuff is happening, and you you feel like it's leading to something, and it kind of in the end it goes nowhere. Uh, I saw this movie with my girlfriend and my brother, and uh, when the credits rolled, they were like, "Wait, that was it? Like that? It didn't feel like it ended." And I I kind of agree. It, it's kind of a uh, very thinly put together in a way, I guess. There's not really a whole lot of reason for all these things to happen. And uh, the, the connection to Bourne, I mean, it's there, but it's, this, is like a, this is like the little, you know, side dish on the, onto the main meal that is, I guess, the, the original Bourne trilogy. It was all right. It, it was it to good, <laughs> whatever scale that is. But um, there's a lot of uh, exposition that's going on in, like, the first hour or two. Not in, I'm sorry, in like the first hour that really sets up the rest of the film. But for that first hour, it's it's almost as if it's all the stuff that happened in the other three Bourne movies that they decided to leave out, and then they just decided to put it in this one because I guess it would make more sense to you um, to see a fuller scope of all the stuff that the government does. Uh, to some degree, I guess that works because then you get a sense of how large these programs are and how many agents there are. Um, and also the number of programs that there are. But at the same time, it also doesn't really make an action movie. Uh, and so, on the whole, it was okay. I did like the action sequences, I guess, a little bit better. Uh, I like the story a little bit better, too. But it's just, there's just not a whole lot um, that really compels you to wonder if this is a viable series. Mostly because Jimmy Renner is fine, but the premise of him... Uh, going through all this is because what he Aaron has been joking fix. about. Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's actually just there because he's really worried about himself because of the medication he has to take through the program. So it's not really so much of an expose about all the people that have been working at, at uh, these various black op you know, programs. It's just more of they want to kill me, but I need my drugs, man. And even that would be fine if I actually saw him really struggling that he didn't have his medicine. But you never, yeah, you and never you see, see that, like maybe like in one sequence where he's like shaking or like gonna pass out. But yeah, there's <laughs> nothing behind that either. But yeah, go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, I. This is this movie was pretty disappointing for me because I really like the Bourne franchise in general. Like I really love. I think those movies are fantastic. Like it's one of the. I would have. I used to call this one of the best trilogies out there because it was every movie solid, and I think they only get better for me. But now I can't do that because there's four movies, and that fourth movie, similar to some other movie involving an archaeologist, is you know not that good. So <laughs> it's it's it's, it's um, I don't mind Christmas Bowl that much actually, but it's similar. I mean, it's irritating that it's basically ruined the trilogy for me though because I can't say that anymore because I'm like, well, now it has this weird black sheet that sticks out. But yeah, I didn't like this movie that much, and it's because it's for a couple reasons. One is that 
I like a good, you know, smart espionage thriller, but it doesn't help when there's not, you know, much smart going on in it. <laughs> like this, it's it's more people freaking out about a situation, but having really boring filler information between the action sequences. I was for I was excited for this movie because Tony Gilroy was doing it, and like even though I, he wasn't necessarily like a proven action director. I at least know him from Michael Clayton where I know he can make like dialogue sequences very tense and interesting. And while there is some tension that like uh, Jose, you mentioned, like I did find some scenes tense, like maybe early on with like um, Aaron Cross and the other operative in the, in the cabin. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That actually was really good. Yeah, that, yeah. Like I like that stuff, but getting to the CIA stuff, all yeah. of that stuff was constantly just boring and irritating to me. I was just like, why am I not, into I should be into this more. I should be into the plot of this movie, and I just wasn't. I wasn't. And I will say that if you if you didn't watch like the previous three, like I didn't watch the previous three before going to this one, you'd probably get confused with all of the names and stuff yeah. and all the people, um, like uh, Albert Finney versus uh, what's the other guy's name? Stacy Stacy Keys. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, wait, the same person. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, that's a different fat guy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was just the, – the filler stuff in between the action was not that interesting to me, and there wasn't that much action in this movie. And, I mean, this is a big summer action movie that's coming out. There's like three action sequences. and like, Maybe four. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> kind of. And, like, the action is like – it's fine. I It's neat that um, uh, Tony Gilroy kind of he's, – he's taken – he's gotten rid of kind of the shaky cam aesthetic that Paul Greengrass has kind of worked into the board franchise for the supremacy and ultimatum. And he's, it, it looks decent enough. Like, it still has the issue of being quite choppy and, like, it's coherence, but kind of, like, edit, 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 cut, yeah, cut, cut. Yeah, I noticed that, too. And, I mean, there's a couple, like, there's one, there's a, the act, okay, so there's, there's some, there's good action in this. It's not, like, great action, but there, there's one, like, particular shot where it, like, tracks cross as he, like, scales the building and goes into a window that's, like, all done in one take. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, the final motorcycle chase thing that goes on forever is, like... I thought that was... That was it's it's all right. It goes the payoff on. wasn't there. For the me payoff, yeah, the payoff wasn't quite there, but it go, it goes on a long time yeah. too. I, 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 Very long. I, time. I'm a sucker for rooftop parkour chases, so like that'll. Be <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, the the actually, I think the best scene in this movie is probably the really tense uh, scene where Rachel Vice is basically in danger based on one of her employees turning on everybody yeah, he, he has like yeah. a, a workplace situation no, we're, we're the, there's a workplace situation <laughs> that goes haywire and uh, but yeah i mean the action's like all right there's just not that much of it and yeah the ending is a like just was out just, just as i felt i was getting into the story of the movie it just moved the movie yeah, it, and i felt like it's that's where'd the third act go and so that's my other main problem with this movie it seems too much like it wants to be a franchise starter like the first born identity movie that's an easy standalone movie. You don't need to make a sequel for there. It works as its own film. This one wants to like it tries so hard to be the first in a new series that it like annoyed me because I don't right. feel like it's, it's a standalone movie. It feels like it's deliberately being this way, and that yeah. I I don't mind that necessarily, but it doesn't. It, it was aggravating that it didn't feel like I could watch this movie on by itself and be like I'm fine with that. It feels like I need to like be wanting another movie, and now I just want that other movie just because I want to know where this damn story is going. Yeah, and like what happens, to Albert? I mean, Albert, what? Aaron Cross. Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree with you on that because it's it's not really a standalone movie. It's almost as if they have to restart the franchise with Jeremy Renner as Jason Bourne, but it's not really necessary because there's so much that we've already known about all these programs so it feels heavy unnecessarily heavy for the film and it could have been done in a different way like, again it could have just been uh, snippets of jason Bourne into uh the movie not like necessarily in the movie but just the backstory of jason Bourne, and it's the same thing with aaron uh, with aaron uh, cross cross and we already know that because they're both uh, super agents so it's it's almost unnecessary when he has all these flashbacks uh why these people are trying to chase him and stuff like that but i will say that i, I did enjoy those tension sequences as well i really liked edward norton in this movie too he's kind of just playing a really hard badass like, did you that, like what did he do in this movie yeah, <laughs> i thought he kind of just looked he at the computer yelled at people he yelled what? <laughs> yeah, yeah he was yelling a lot no but i mean i, I just liked his delivery of the lines compared to uh, some other people, it seems like he was a little bit more with it and into it. See, you, it, it's I, probably one of those roles that he decided that he did want to act in it. You guys pounced on me when I when when I said that I really like Tom Hardy as Bane, and then you guys I were like, like Tom Hardy. but then you guys were like anybody could have played that role. Well, I think anybody could have played the Edward Norton role in this movie. I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think that 
Adam said that. Yeah, Adam did say that. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Rachel Vise in this movie. I think she was good. I liked because she didn't play necessarily like she, the, the dis- damsel in distress. She didn't play like the sex object. She yeah. she played like an actual character, like a scientist. And she didn't she, she didn't she also didn't feel like if I put glasses on her, she's suddenly smart. She felt like a real character. She well, she put like, glasses on to save potential. Yeah, but she, she didn't feel <laughs> like she didn't feel like someone that's like otherwise wouldn't be able to be convincing as a scientist in in any other movie. She felt like. Because Rachel Vice is that good of an actress, I think. Where are we going? June. Your name is June. June Monroe. Say it. June Monroe. Say it. June Monroe. Now pick a place you live. The last place you live, the place you know. Bethesda. Bethesda. Then that's where you live. Anybody ask? You're June Monroe from Bethesda. You lost your wallet. I'm driving you home. My name is James. James and June. You got it? Yeah. Okay. Is that your name? James? No. What? You don't know my name? What do you call me? What do you put in my blood work? Five. Five? The number five? <laughs> yeah, and, and she definitely delivered that shaken employee thing, and that's actually a pretty cool sequence, too, which is at her house. Yeah. Um, Those are the two action sequences, I, or scenes that I really like in this movie. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So, and it's, I like Aaron, I like Aaron Cross in Alaska. I like, I'd watch that movie. Just him hunting. <laughs> watch, yeah, I watched I I liked Aaron Cross in The Grey. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that whole sequence just kind of lacked a, a hook to it for me. I get got tired of watching that cuz I didn't quite uh it just felt detached from everything else that was going on. Yeah. And I think that was part of my problem with the whole thing is Aaron cross just felt detached for me from everything else that was happening in the movie i mean he what i liked about born is that he knew who was chasing him and he you know was connected to them and aaron cross had his own personal motivation and for most of the movie they don't even know that they're chasing aaron cross and it just felt like well why do i care he doesn't know they don't know you know it didn't have that i think you know that intrigue hook that would have made it all tie together that's fair enough, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I agree with that sentiment just because I felt the plot was so murky and wonky and trying to be both a we have to tie up the Bourne thing and make people understand that this is not about Jason Bourne anymore and then we also have to have this Bourne-like plot involving Jeremy Renner's character. Right. So it's like, it's try, yeah, it's trying to have a lot of things get done, but it's just unfortunately not making it too interesting. And that's... Yeah, and I think the murkiest thing, and I, I laughed pretty pretty hard, at this is you know in the last act you need a a, a villain for for Aaron Cross <laughs> to have to fight and then we just get this random silent Asian dude who just shows up and is supposed to be ooh from another secret agency that we've never heard of until this how, point yeah how many programs do they have at this yeah, point yeah right? <laughs> and what's the layer of that like layer, aren't they they're like shutting down every project they have but they like we'll leave this one aside well Stacy <laughs> didn't know about this one so that's why it was still a go yeah. Um, is Ed Norton's secret team? Yeah, did you guys notice that guy? Did you guys remember him from Predators? That was the same guy. Oh, that's the yeah, a, that's the Asian guy in Predators. The Japanese dude in Predators. That, that makes had, like, so much awesome, sense. Like, yeah. Sequence. Okay. Cool. I was like, what? That's neat. I didn't. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. Nice if he said a single word in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't say anything except for ah. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Well, that was the thing. He has no emotion. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's right. He's like a super agent without the emotion. But he did some pretty he cool. He kicks people in the chest when they open doors. He did some pretty good bridge scaling, though. It was pretty sweet. That actually was pretty cool when they showed that. Especially Again. like in the background when Aaron and, and Rachel Weiss are yeah. running away and he just jumps and scales the scaffold. Again, and... yeah, I mean, uh, rooftop parkour is, I'm a sucker <laughs> for it. Cool. So. <laughs> yeah. Kept wishing uh, Oscar Isaac would somehow find his way back into the movie. Because that dude is awesome. Yeah, and see, yeah, see that's really that's was. more what I meant when I was talking yeah. about Aaron Cross in Alaska. I really like those scenes between him and Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac plays the the like the fellow outcome agent who's like also just in the field at the time, and Aaron Cross kind of meets up with him. And I especially like the dialogue where it's like, "Is this an evaluation, or maybe you're evaluating me?" It becomes really tricky and gamey, and that was cool. Uh, yeah, I was really into that. Like, last, I, like I mentioned, the tension that was the probably the best part because you're kind of wondering like what's going to happen with them, and then like a missile comes out. Yeah. What? Yeah, so that's, that's kind of frustrating. And that's yeah, but that's that's kind of, like that. That's what I was hoping more for. That's the kind of like that's the cool kind of dialogue where it's not it's not about necessarily like knowing all the information, just about kind of reading these people's reactions to their questions and like understanding like there's something going on here and you're you're tense, but you don't necessarily know why, and it makes it more intriguing. Mm-hmm. And then you just get scenes of Stacy Keach, Edward Norton, and like random CIA guys. Like, Corey Stoll, did you know that was Corey Stoll. Yeah, yeah, yeah Corey Stoll from and uh, the dude Mid- from Men in Black Three, the Midnight, guy who tells Midnight Will, in Paris, yeah, and, uh, Will Smith to get really high. 
Yeah, that yeah, that guy too. Oh, I didn't realize that. Was... Yeah. Can we talk about the uh, what is it? The chems? The chems? <laughs> What? Where are the chems? Like, the oh, yeah, basically, yeah, those weirdest motivation ever. Yeah, the chems are the the me- it's like the 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 uh, the pills that Jeremy Renner is required to take in order to maintain his super soldier status, <laughs> or else he gets it revoked, I guess. But like, and there's like two. There's like a green one and a blue one. Green greens um, like body and stuff, and blues yeah. for mental. Lines, right. Yeah. And yeah, that was see that was the other issue. That was the other issue which I mentioned already is that you like he basically like the the main thrust of the plot is him needing to get chems and that's right. why he gets a Rachel Vice's character because, he, and they eventually travel to freaking Manila to, yeah. to go to the chem factory. The Philippines. And, uh, yeah, Philippines. And all he wants <laughs> is to get his chems, but like, I never see him like become a worse outcome agent because of his lack of chems that he has. Like, I never see him like not at the top of his game in this movie. Like, he did. He, well, physically he's not going physically to. Physically he's not going decline, to. But even like, but, in terms I, of ingenuity, he always seems to like have things under control. Of like, how am I going to plot this one out? Like, he never like seems like he's really suffering from the lack of chems. That's true. Enough, yeah, to make it, to... enough to make me care about this main thrust of the plot. Exactly, it's hard to like uh, you know identify him or feel any like he's at risk at all when he keeps talking about how I need my chems, I need my chems, or I'm going to be you know I'm not going to be useful to you. We're not going to make it, and you never see any of that at all. So it's hard to I, it, there's almost like no sense of peril really because you feel like. In the end, he's gonna he's gonna figure out some way to like get away or kill the bad guys, and it's kind of a it's kind of a pointless. It would have been really interesting. Of I kept thinking of uh, what is it uh, flowers for Algernon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and like that movie is so effective because you know you kind of just see him you see him come up and then you see him deteriorate again, and it's so um, I don't know you feel it a lot more. Whereas here you never really see him. He kind of mentions. Are we supposed to understand that he was like? dumb before <laughs> is that yeah. I think we just put, yeah, just one flashback. he was kind of like a grunt yeah. <laughs> right that flashback was pretty effective oh he's he's like really hurt so i was like is was he dumb or does he because he's like seriously injured in that scene so i was like was he dumb or was he just like in a really damaging attack so it's kind of confusing he says that it, when he first like signed up for the army his recruiting officer had to fake his iq just so he was at like the lowest qualifying level 12 points so <laughs> that's what like he, 12 points yeah i got the 12 or i so, heard the 12 points part yeah yeah i mean there's definitely something about a character who you know is very dumb and requires some sort of enhancement to operate at this level and in terms of you know the real world implications it is kind of sobering and scary to think about what sort of stuff the U.S. government and the security agencies are messing in. But, man, they could have executed it in a way that was far less silly because with each further time he asked about his chem, as I just continued to roll my eyes, <laughs> I think it was a real missed opportunity to explore something that could have been far more uh, impactful. Yeah, I agree. And, like, I feel like the movie wants me to more think about the future sequels where you learn more in flashback of what's happened and more about Ed Norton's character. And like, I'd rather know that, you know, now in the first standalone film and not have to like wait two years to see more of this story. Like it needs to stand on its own and it just doesn't, it just, it's uninteresting and just kind of gives you hints at things that'll go on later, but it's too busy trying to tie out Jason Bourne's plot. And it's just, it's not that effective. You know what? Another thing to diverge off of this, because I like mm-hmm. um, something I missed in the, in the action sequences is, you know, Bourne, in those movies, he uses like a pen or a yeah, magazine uses, like, or a book. He uses any of He uses just things him. around him, just beat the fuck out of people that you gotta edit that out. I'm sorry. You gotta, <laughs> he's just gotta beat people. And uh, in this, well, I, this movie, you don't get that. You get maybe one scene where he uses like like, like a nail, but like you don't get much of. Uh, it, if that anything, was with the fire extinguisher. Yeah, that was like but, aided. But if anything, like he's just. Air Cross is just killing people in this movie. There's a lot more gunplay, just people dying horribly yeah. <laughs> not like people just getting beat up and, uh, and subdued like the one thing that was intriguing about born identity or the born, well, the born movies in general is that matt damon he didn't want to be a killer like he wanted he didn't he didn't like that part of his personality and i get you can chalk that up to he had amnesia and he's you know has a reawakening of what his life could be opposed to aaron cross who's just a trained killer and that's what he has that's what he's trained to do and he does that and he has no kind of it's very matter of fact about that but i <laughs> it's a little Feel, it felt a little awkward to be in this Bourne franchise and have this guy suddenly murdering people as opposed to just subduing them with substantial amounts of hand-to-hand combat. Right. <laughs> he wears that uh, necklace the whole time that has, I guess, his pills in it, and I kept waiting for him to take it off and start using that to hit people in the head. <laughs> that would have been cool. 
Or to throw it out into the ocean like goose. Or to use a rhythmic gymnastics. Rhythmic? That would have been exciting. <laughs> the other thing that I didn't like about the movie that they touched about was like the morality issue of things. They have like a flashback sequence with Edward Norton and Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. And then later they discuss it a little bit more. Sin eaters. We need to talk. I need you to stop what you're doing and turn around. That's an order. We got screwed on the intel, okay? Nobody knew those people were in there. It would be perfectly normal for a person to have doubts about the morality of what we just asked you to do. Is that a question, sir? No, it's not. Tune in to what I'm trying to say to you. Do you know what a sin eater is? Well, that's what we are. We are the sin eaters. It means that we take the moral excrement that we find in this equation and we bury it down deep inside of us so that the rest of our cause can stay pure. That is the job. We are morally indefensible and absolutely necessary. You understand? Yeah. That section is just weird because you don't get a sense of him having a trouble with morality later. And also, why is this even being brought up? It feels like it's just another tease of Ed Norton's character for future installments of when we learn more about who he is. Yeah, but the thing is, like, for Jason Bourne, you realize that he had problems with that. So that's why he was, like, you know, going back and being like, hey, why, why is this happening to me? And that's the reason why he was, I guess, quote unquote, you know, left for dead in the first one anyway. Um, so for this one, is like, weren't they already working all that stuff out? Why is this even an issue? Why did they even show me this flashback? It felt like a waste of time because... I don't really care about that. It's like, in again, what Aaron brought up, he's just hurting people left and right. So I don't understand. Why was this point even made in the movie? Yeah, we don't have, we have, we have the movie about Jason Bourne and we have the movie about Aaron Cross on the run, but we don't have that in-between movie that features Aaron Cross, you know, becoming this person. Right. We just, we have these simple flashbacks, which is like, fine. It's just, it's not handled well enough for me to like really be but into that. But the flashbacks here don't really reveal anything exactly. either, like what everyone has said. It's just like, yeah. where are you from? Reno, Nevada. Wait, is it Reno? Like, the, the trailer makes him seem more coherent, but really, he's like a dummy, and you know, he can't even finish his own thoughts without aid, and he's, he just asks them, can I stay here with you, please? And given that the movie lasts like over two hours, like, <laughs> wasting time. Yeah, so I, I, I thought all the flashbacks were kind of really cheap in their effort to make the the characters more complex than what we're actually seeing. It's like, oh, wow, we wrote these really thin, unambiguous characters. Let's throw in these scenes that don't really pay off down the line to make them slightly more interesting and ambiguous. It was like, uh, no, I don't buy it. Yeah, I think the most interesting character in this movie actually might be Rachel Weisz's character. I could because the one the one thing that did get me kind of about morality is her thing of, uh, you know, we were in her for the science, and right. you know, she didn't want to think about what was going on. She's like, they never told us. We don't, and that's actually kind of affecting and interesting. And um, but it just kind of, it's like one scene, and then after that, she's on board and she's good to go. <laughs> she's on she's board because he threatens her that she has nowhere to go. <laughs> that's true. Which is why she, she kind of, her character makes the most sense to me, also in the way that she kind of deals with things. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, another thing I thought was just kind of silly, and this is really random. They have all these guys who are like, you know, badass super soldiers. You know, they have that Asian chick, the black guy, um, the guy in uh, Pakistan. And it's like, they come in, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're switching you off your medication that makes you super awesome. And you have to take this yellow pill now. That's not suspicious. Yeah, right. (laughs) I think the most interesting character was actually uh, Zeljko Ivanek's character who goes on that (laughs) little rampage. I I kept waiting for there to be more pain off with that too and they make some hints and allusions to what happened but i i think they kind of just left that thread dangling a little bit too much was i think there might have been and i don't know if this i'm reading that into the movie but i think there's supposed to be maybe a tie from him to um the asian guy that sent after them at the end because she she does talk about um or it's like programming behavior right or something like that And so maybe, maybe that's where we're supposed to, that's the tie we're supposed to make. It's not very clear if that's what it's supposed to be. It's not even really there at all, but maybe, maybe that's that's kind of the way I understood it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they hint that his behavior was programmed, but it just, it felt, again, like a lot of other things in the movie really undercooked. Okay, so I think we're getting to the end of it here. We'll get to our rating, but I just want to read something that Jim Dietz, friend of the show and frequent commentator, has a... Uh posted on a just as a comment he said um we saw we saw born legacy last night it seemed like half of this movie consisted of actors dramatically dropping files on top of desks and then frantically typing to find the surveillance footage <laughs> <laughs> that just that humor me because there's like an internet meme of uh csi uh 
online, you can, you can find it. I'll, I'll probably post it. Where it's just like these guys uh, saying constantly, enhance, 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 and it shows <laughs> the killer. And then like, how do they see it? It's like through the reflection of like a nail in a in a license plate frame. It's ridiculous. So that's what I was thinking about when I was uh, watching this movie because yeah, they they seem to find this video surveillance footage with so much ease um, that it's ridiculous. All right, so I think we're all done then. So we can get to our rating of the of a flick each week. And now, now we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them. And we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater to Netflix, HBO TV, or just kind of forget about it. So let's start how we started. Maxwell, where would you put The Born Legacy on that scale? I'd watch it one day when it showed up on TNT at 2 in the morning. Okay. Jose? Uh, I think I'm a little kinder than that and say dollar theater. I told my friends to go catch the matinee when they asked me. So. Abe? I'd say Netflix. It's, you know, one of those things. I mean, this is not even like a, a huge scope that you need to see it in uh, in theaters. Yeah, Dollar Theater and Netflix would be the best best way to go on that one for me. That was, yeah, it was disappointing. I didn't hate it. I felt like a lot of things in it. I just didn't like a lot. I didn't like a lot of things in it also. <laughs> so it's kind of mixed. Let's move on to a movie callback. 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 This is where we discuss a few films that kind of relate in some way to the main film of the week and uh, just, you know, Anything that came up. Uh, Maxwell, any movies that came up in watching this? I mean, a lot of the ones we already talked about, obviously the Underborn movies. I kept thinking about, you know, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol and how much more fun Renner was in that. And then, like Jose was saying earlier, I definitely was thinking about Flowers for Algernon <laughs> as the sort of thematic uh, counterpart to it. Other than that, a little bit of Michael Clayton, too, but, you know, everything we had already discussed. Jose? Uh, yeah, I brought up Flowers for Algernon. That probably was a big one. Um, Michael Clayton was definitely in there. And I think you can't help but compare it to Born Identity and just it just pales in comparison. Okay. Um, the Flowers for Algernon thing. I thought of Terminator 2, The Grey, and The Fugitive as well. Apparently <laughs> um, because they're running a lot. <laughs> uh, running away from people <laughs> that want to hurt them. And then Jim Renner's like, there's a, there's a scene, always, it's in the trailer, and it's in the movie too, uh, when he goes between two, two buildings. And after he's done, I always think he's going to say, come with me if you want to live. But it's just like, let's go. Yeah, I thought of yeah, the gray. And then a Quantum of Solace came to mind just because of all the potential built up in Casino Royale and then the massive disappointment that was Quantum of Solace, similar to how much I liked the Bourne series and it was just really disappointed by this follow-up. So, yeah, that came to mind there. Let's, uh, let's get on to the box office then, I guess. Each week we go over the box office totals for the week and try to find out if our previous predictions were anywhere near what we anticipated. So, Abe, what did you think the Born Legacy was going to do? I said first with 32, I think. Yeah, you did. And Jordan, Jordan Grout, said first with 30. Alan said first with 34. I said first with 42. And we actually have the results right here. A little under mine, which I guess de facto makes Alan the winner? Because he said 34? Because he said he was under? Yeah, yeah he was under. Bum, bum, ba, boom. Good for him. Wow. Yeah, Born Legacy came in at $40 million this weekend in first place. Campaign did pretty well as due to uh, $27 million right behind it. Then The Dark Knight Rises, finally unseated from the throne in first place of another 19. Um, the, the, the Tommy Lee Jones, Meryl Streep, Steve Carell joint, Hope Springs, came in fourth place, $15 million. And Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dog Days, after that. And then, of course, Total Recall, bombing down to six, sixth place. What was the percentage drop on that? 68.3% uh, oh, wow. drop on that. And, ouch, uh, ouch, ouch. Given that the movie costs a reported $200 million, even though they're claiming it only costs $125 million, uh, board, board, Total Recall needs to make a lot of overseas money. Uh, yeah, Ice Age, Ted, Step Up, uh, The Watch, Spider-Man. Yeah. There's, good, there's your rundown, but yeah, Born Legacy came in first place. Did pretty well, so we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll probably we'll get the Born Betrayal after all. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So I think after box office, I think we might have we have some time. Do you think we have time, Aaron? I, I think for we have time. some games. That's like moving art. <laughs> That's what it is. Mm. Moving art. That's what they call it. Spectacular. Yep, it is game time. And now I have a brand new game. Here we go. It is called The James Bond Supremacy Ghost Protocol, or Spy Against Spy Indeed. So this game, <laughs> I have, yeah, there we go. I have a giant list of spy movies, and I'm going to read the plot description for each one of them, and you each have to try and guess which spy movie I am talking about. 
Oh, that's gonna be hard. Yeah, because I don't watch all the Bond films. Well, it's not all Bond films. Yeah. In fact, there's only I think there's only like one or two Bond films in this list. But um, I'm just gonna crack these knuckles. Right, yeah, get out, get out your guns, guys, because this is gonna be something. Yeah, dust out the cobwebs. Dust out the cobwebs. I don't even know what that means. But okay, okay, here we go. Pull out my so, spy manual. Just whoever. Okay, and the key to this game, similar to last week's game, for each question. You can only answer the once. So okay. if you shout, if you shout at a title, you're done. So here we go. Here's the first one. A man is picked up by a fishing boat, bullet ridden and without memory. Then he races to elude a sentry. Born identity. Born uh... identity. Not that hard, but we'll see. Based on a true story of the Black September aftermath, about five men chosen to eliminate the ones responsible Munich. for that fateful. It is Munich. Yeah. Abe's on top of this, guys. You gotta, <laughs> gotta get it. Here we go. A bookish CIA researcher finds all his co-workers dead and must outwit those responsible until he figures out who he can really trust. Take care of the soldier spy. No. Oh. Bookish CIA. Oh, CIA. My bad. It is a 70s film. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Three Days of the Condor. Three Days of the Condor, correct. An American agent under false suspicion of disloyalty must discover and expose the real spy without help of his organization. Could you repeat that, please? An American agent under false suspicion of disloyalty must discover and expose the real spy without the help of his organization. This is a 90s film. Mission Impossible. It is Mission Impossible. Ah. Okay. In his first mission, an agent must stop a banker to the world's terrorist organizations from winning a high-stakes poker tournament in Montenegro. Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Yes. Uh, Yeah, Jose. Okay. A former Korean War POW is brainwashed by communists to becoming a political assassin, but another former prisoner may know how to save him. Manchurian Candidate. It is the Manchurian Candidate. This game is easier than I thought. Well, you know your spy <laughs> movies. This one might be tough. You're doing quite a, a freelancing former U.S. intelligence agent tries to track down a mysterious package that is wanted by both the Irish and the Russians. Uh... Ronin? It is Ronin. Wow, yeah. you got the Ronin one. Well, well the that... Irish thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. well, I, I need to give some kind of clue or else it's just really obscure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you do Ronin? There's not cartridges. Awesome. Oh, that guy's really Irish yeah. in that movie. Okay. <laughs> an agent willingly falls into an assassination ploy involving a naive Russian beauty in order to retrieve a Soviet encryption device that was stolen by a secret nefarious organization. Hitman? No. Goldeneye? Close. I don't know. You, you, you have one guess, and everyone, everyone else is <laughs> Last guessed. man standing. Can you repeat that? Sorry. A secret agent willingly falls into an assassination ploy involving a naive Russian beauty in order to retrieve a Soviet encryption device that was stolen by a secret evil organization. I think my spy movie knowledge is very limited. I'll just go with um, Quantum of Solace. Close again. From Russia with love. Yeah. Ah. ah! Okay, here we go. A British agent refuses to come in from the Cold War during the 1960s, choosing to face another mission, which may prove to be his final one. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Very closely connected to Tinker Tailor Soldier uh, Spy. This might be the toughest one on the list. <laughs> smiley people. Nope, but I'll just say it. The spy who came in from the cold. Oh, that's, <laughs> the, that's the first smiley. Wait, wait, did you put in the, the answer to the... No. Okay. No. Okay. Well, I kind of... I said it because I said it in different words because it's hard. Okay. A big secret agent for the U.S. government for years has kept a secret job from his wife, but is forced to reveal his identity and stop to try to stop nuclear terrorists when he and his wife are kidnapped by them. (laughs) True lies. True lies. Okay. Here we go. A retiring CIA agent, a retiring CIA agent recalls his training of another agent while working against agency politics to free him from his Chinese spy game. Spy game. Oh. A convicted felon, instead of going jail, is given a new identity and trained stylishly as a top-secret spy. Triple X. No. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Oh, thank you. Uh, Triple X, State of the Union. God, no. <laughs> it's a French film. Oh, damn it. Yeah, I figured you'd see. That's such a better movie than Triple X. You jumped the gun way too early. <laughs> oh, I don't. Sorry. sorry, what'd you say? I don't think I've seen this. It's La Femme Nikita. Uh, I'm so sorry. Oh, yep. uh, yeah. I, I'm going to redact yeah, yeah, everything yeah. I just said. Yep. Okay. A retired CIA agent travels across Europe and relies on his old skills to save his estranged daughter who was kidnapped. Taken. It's taken. <laughs> An adaptation of a cult memoir of a game show and 
presario in which he is both a cia hitman and and a game show host inventions of a dangerous mind. correct oh a renegade general and his group of u.s marines take over a certain area and threaten san francisco bay with biological weapons the rock it is the rock Uh, certain area (laughs) a cia agent goes on the run after a defector accuses her of being a russian spy salt salt a professional assassin codenamed something I'm not going to say plots to kill Charles de Gaulle, the president of France. I think the codename thing really gives away this answer. It was remade. Not the professional? It's not the professional, no. Ah. The Day of the Jackal. Oh, man. Okay, I, I got like six more. Okay. I got a lot of these. A globe-trotting hitman and a crestfallen businessman meet in a hotel bar in Mexico City in an encounter that draws them together in a way that neither expected. The Matador. It is the Matador, Matador, correct. A hapless New York advertising executive is mistaken for a government agent by a group of foreign spies and is pursued across the country while he looks for a way to survive. North by Northwest. Uh, Northwest. Good one. Okay, this might be the easiest one here, so I'll just try to read it quickly. A 1960s hipster secret agent is brought out of cryo-freeze to oppose his greatest <laughs> enemy in the 1960s. <laughs> his social attitudes are glaringly out of place. I need an answer. Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Austin Powers what? Uh, International Man of Mystery. Correct, okay. Two bad spies are sent on a decoy mission to help keep the bad guys focused on them, opposed to the real spies who are trying to save the day. No, no. No. (laughs) Get smart? Nope. (laughs) Dang. It's from the 80s, I believe. Okay, it's spies like us. Too bad I only have one guess. Okay. (laughs) All right. Two more. When an American rock and roll singer goes to East Germany and becomes involved in the resistance during World War II, we're in for a fun ride. They made a movie like that? Yes. Another 80s movie. Of course it is. Rocky IV? <laughs> I, wish. <laughs> I wish it was Rocky IV. It's top secret. Val Kilmore? Val Kilmore. Val Kilmore. Okay, last one. Here we go. I'm just going to read this whole thing because you might... Even with the names, you might still have some difficulty. General Rancor is threatening to destroy the world with a missile he is hiding in a secret base, but to complete his goal, he needs special computer chip invented by scientist Professor Urkinski. Special agent Dick Steele is assigned to the case in order to prevent the worst. He teams up with Urkinski's daughter, Veronica, who happens to be a KGB agent. I have no idea. Uh, Weird Al sings the theme song. Weird. Spy Hard. Spy Hard is correct. (laughs) (laughs) And that is that game. Okay, let's... uh, Oh, is that the Leslie Nielsen movie? That's the Leslie yeah. Nielsen movie. Let's just do, let's let's get up to her next week. Next week, what are we gonna talk about? We're gonna talk about Paranorman and the Expanse. Let's. By the way, that game was amazing because Spy Hard was referenced. Um, okay, next week we're gonna talk about Paranorman and the Expendables too. Um, I don't know what box office to guess. Let's guess the box office for Paranorman just because I want to. I'm gonna say third, and I'll say uh, well, actually maybe I'll say second. And uh, although I don't know what would beat it. Well, Expendables 2, or The Bourne, uh, Legacy still. I'll say second, I'll say, uh, I'll say 30. Second with 30 for Paranorman. Maxwell, any guess? I'd say it's going to be in third place with maybe 18. Fair enough. Jose? Uh, I'll go second with 20. Okay, and for Paranorman next weekend. Um, jeez. Expendables, Bourne Legacy. I'm going to say, I'm going to say third as well, and... I'll go a little higher. I'll say 22. Maybe it'll be a big weekend. Who knows? Let's see. All right. So we got those set. I think that is it for this week. Okay, so that's going to do it this week. For Out Now with Aaron and Abe, you can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at ysablu.com for Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash aaronsps3. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Maxwell? You can find my reviews and other ramblings at theractfocus.com or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash maxlhad. Great. And uh, Jose? Uh, you can find my incomplete thoughts at thethoughtfulslacker.blogspot.com and, uh, or follow me on Twitter at Jose Cordova. Great. And, of course, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes at hhwlod.com. You can find our show as well as all the other shows there, including the uh, Walking Dead TV podcast, Legion of Dudes, and other shows about comics and games and other fun stuff. Outnow.podomatic.com. You can find all the latest episodes and some exclusives. Of course, um, email us, outnowpodcast at gmail.com. We already announced our born contest. 
and uh, where you, you know email your favorite spy film and why. You know you might get a, one of the foreign films on DVD. And of course, follow our pages: facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. All the updates and various other things that we update show better there. Um, I think we got everything under control. Max, well, Jose, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's always a genuine pleasure. Yeah, for, for sure. Awesome. It's always a good time, guys. Always a good yeah, time. Yeah, cool. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it next week until we talk about Paranorman and possibly The Expendables 2. We'll see. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> until next time, so long. And goodbye. Chems. Where are they? Where are the chems? Where are they? <laughs> Where are the chems? <laughs> Where's Bin Laden? Where are the chems? Where was the last time you saw Bin Laden? Where are the chems and Bin Laden? That's Where's your trigger man? <laughs> Where is he? Can we talk about the, uh, what is it, the chems? The chems? <laughs> Where, Where are the like, chems? Where's the green?